this past week, uh, I have spent several hours in different conversations with teams of people who have been thinking deeply and working creatively to prepare all of our sites for gathering again in person. Whether it was discussing signage, we will have new signage with our new logo, <laughs> um, with our communications manager, Blake, uh, QR codes with our administration manager, Melissa, who's running StreamYard right now, strategies for community building with pastors D'Angelo and Chan, worship planning with our worship leaders, or children's ministry and online worship with Pastor Hannah. There are a lot of folks who have been thinking and dreaming and praying about what UBC might look like in the months to come, no matter what comes our way. Folks are feeling stretched a little thin. They're concerned about all the moving parts, and they are very aware of our, the fragility of our current situation on so many different levels. They are at once on edge and excited, fearful and hopeful, which is just like a weird combination of emotions to have all at once, right? Folks have been imagining and strategizing and praying about how to create a joyful, welcoming, and grace-filled space for each one of you, as well as every person who takes the risk to walk through our doors, physical or digital, for the very first time. And the reason for this isn't because they're not competent or lacking faith in God or trust in you all. The reason why they feel this and feel it strongly is because they love UVC. And they love what God has done, is doing, will do through UVC. It feels like a lot is on the line because their love is on the line. Like so many of you, they have finally found a church where they can hold and be held, where they can mess up and still belong, where they can love and be loved. And love is where our scripture for today begins. Two kinds of love, to be exact. Love for your siblings, Philadelphia, and love for, your, for the stranger, Philazenia, which is where the word xenophobe comes from, in case you're wondering. These are the two love ethics that the author of Hebrews is telling the community to be led by. And the reason why it's called the book of Hebrews is because this letter in particular is written to a community of folks who identified as both Jewish and Christian. They had grown up Jewish and they were very much shaped by the history, the values, the identity of that tradition. But they were also grappling with the complexities of holding that ID identity alongside their new one as followers of Jesus while also trying to navigate uh, the very real dangers of, part of uh, as being part of an illegal religion, which is Christianity. And so then, just like today, when we are under pressure and stress, it is easy to get caught up focusing on our fears and our anxieties, prioritizing self-preservation over our values and our commitments. You start closing in, becoming suspicious and stingy, narrow in your imagination. And so the author says, don't forget. Don't forget to lead with love for each other and for whoever it is that may show up on your doorstep. And this kind of love takes shape in lots of ways. But in today's passage, the focus is especially on hospitality. The author unpacks this over the next several verses, but ultimately what they're talking about are two kinds of hospitality external and internal. Let me explain. 
In a nomadic culture where travel conditions can be made brutal by the desert, if a traveler shows up to your home, you are pretty much obligated to bring them in and give them all the things that they need to at least survive. In fact, even in this day and age, uh, I had the opportunity to study in Beirut for a semester, and um, in a lot of uh, Arabic-speaking countries, you'll hear this phrase, ahlan wa sahlan. Now, the word ahlan means family, and wa sahlan basically means an easy way with abundant food. And so roughly, ahlan wa sahlan means this. You are like family. I will do what I can to smooth your rough journey and make sure that you are not hungry. This practice and value is ancient, but it stands just as true and strong today as it did so long ago in this passage. Providing a place of rest and nourishment for traveling guests, though, isn't just uh, only uh, suited to the, to the Middle East or the Near East or uh, nomadic cultures. It's not completely foreign idea to us. After all, if you work in uh, hotels and restaurants, it's called the hospitality industry. For most of us, though, we'd only feel comfortable taking in people that we knew. We might be willing to take in uh, people that came to us on request or recommendation through someone that we trusted. But if we found ourselves in a situation where we were being asked to accommodate someone that could potentially create disruption or even political trouble for us, it would be a stretch, especially if we were feeling pressed, stressed, and anxious about our situation. And so, in the swirl of all this, the writer is saying, don't forget. Don't forget to lead with love, to respond with welcome, even and maybe especially when you are feeling flooded with other anxieties. Because at a basic level, it's our actions which communicate who we really are, especially to those who are feeling travel weary. It's the fresh towels, the clean bed, the warm shower, the nourishing meal, these all communicate something that words just can't. They create an experience of welcome, of hospitality. But welcoming the stranger isn't only about bringing an unknown traveler who shows up at your doorstep in. The author says, remember those in prison as if you were together with them in prison, and those who are mistreated or tortured, as our uh, translation this morning said, as if you yourselves were suffering. Strangers are people without a place, disconnected from life-giving relationships and networks. In some cases, it's a literal condition, right? Like those who've been estranged, uh, sorry, uh, like those who are experiencing homelessness or those who have been estranged by society, like the imprisoned. But in others, it's an estrangement that takes place in relationships by being mistreated or those who, who may have a, a place to lay their heads, but not necessarily a place where they can belong, who have, where they can have purpose and be valued. Because hospitality is part of what it means to be human, and because God is about the business of human flourishing, it is our call as followers of Jesus to remember that every human being flourishes when they are welcomed, wholly welcomed with all of who they are which means that we have to pay attention to the fact that hospitality is not just a physical experience, it's a spiritual one too. The Catholic priest and writer Henry Nouwen talks about hospitality of the spirit in his book, uh, Reaching Out. He says, if we take our most common definition of hospitality, opening our homes, providing nourishment, a safe and comfortable place to rest, 
If we take these concepts and view them through the lens of a spiritual lens, we're invited to an even deeper understanding of what it means to welcome folks in their whole selves. Often in relationship with one another, even if we don't mean to, we have these ideas about who a person is. And once we've got that in our heads, it can be difficult for that person to break out of our assumptions and maybe even their own assumptions of who they are. Red kind of talked about this a little bit themselves about how they felt like in some ways they were kind of performing the role that they ought to have performed even though it wasn't quite a fit for them. We do that to one another and we do that to ourselves. So what does it mean then to have hospitality for ourselves and for one another in a spiritual sense? You know, it's funny because when we open our homes to visitors, we never say, here, you can only see in the bedroom and you're just gonna have to figure it out when you have to brush your teeth or take a shower. Or, okay, you can use the sink, but not the toilet. Of course not, right? We say, make yourself at home. Well, hospitality of the spirit is a little bit like make yourself at home for the heart. It's an open invitation in relationship for someone else to be who they are rather than who we think they ought to be or who we think they should be, which can be really difficult to do. It gives them space to emerge and grow in new ways as they make themselves at home in relationship, though. And this can be even more powerful in the context of church and Christian community. Now, if you're like me, or it sounds like maybe like Red, you may have been taught or told very clearly what a good Christian is, what it means to be a godly man or a godly woman, because of course there are only two, right? Those definitions may have been helpful or they may have been hurtful, depending on where you were in your life. But no matter where it fell, one thing is the same. They assume that being a Christian is a cookie cutter, one size fits all, or maybe one size fits two kind of situation, right? Even more, it assumes that whatever that definition is, we own it. When in reality, hospitality can look anything like from asking a sinless person to cast the first stone, to healing someone even though their friends just dug a hole in your roof, to meeting with folks in the middle of the night so they can ask the questions of faith that haunt their hearts without being seen and judged. These are just a few of the ways that Jesus provided spiritual hospitality. Making space for folks to show up authentically and then instead of telling them they're doing it wrong, meeting them where they're at. At UBC, this has been our goal, to create space for folks and meet them where they're at, whether they've been burned or bored or just brand new to the whole idea of church and faith as a thing for them. As I like to say, though, we don't do it perfectly, but we do seek to do it faithfully, and we try to do it together. Now, some of you are with us today in person or online because you're looking for this kind of hospitality. Many of you are here because you have found this kind of hospitality at Urban Village. But all of us are here because we need that kind of hospitality. Our souls cry out for it and, it won't, and they won't be ignored. We need this, which is why we all have a part in making this happen. You might feel you don't have anything to offer. You might feel that you are too wounded to participate. Well, I can tell you, I can't tell you actually, how many conversations I've had with folks who are waiting to be invited in, when really it's all up to us to invite each other. Perhaps you've had your vulnerability weaponized against you in spiritual abuse, 
and are carrying deep wounds of trauma, or your generosity has been taken advantage of in the past. Wherever you are on your journey, there is a place for you in creating spaces of welcome, of being hospitable to those around you, in spite of and maybe sometimes even because of those wounds. Perhaps you don't know where to begin. Well, as we look toward gathering again in person, your participation is not optional. We need you. You need you. You need us. People haven't experienced the kind of welcome that they have at UVC solely because of the pastors or the worship leaders or children's ministers' efforts. Certainly, it's not, not because of that. But they've experienced it mostly because of the way that each of you receive one another and show up for one another. They experienced it when they saw someone like them up front preaching or praying or giving testimony, singing or speaking to their reality. They experienced it when one of our kids interrupted a children's minister at the beginning of kids' church to say, uh, I think we have someone new here. Maybe we should introduce ourselves. They experienced it when they heard a leader introduce themselves using their pronouns, even though they weren't ready to share theirs yet. They experienced it when their gift giving and volunteerism wasn't exploited. They experienced it when someone sat with them in their pain and questions without telling them they didn't have enough faith. This is hospitality. And it's not just good for the person on the receiving end, it's good for all of us. Hospitality creates a never ending feedback loop of God's grace for the giver and the receiver. And when we extend hospitality, we not only increase someone else's experience of God's welcome, we increase it for ourselves as well. Because every time we draw the circle wider, we know that there is even more room for us to grow and change and belong. If you were online with us uh, back in January, you would have heard several different stories of folks sharing about the ways that they have taken on new names. And one of the people who shared was Ruby, Ro Ruby May. Um, you might uh, know Ruby May from um, our South Loop location, and they talked about how um, they came uh, to church one day um, fully dressed in the gender identity that they knew themselves to be. And they experienced a kind of welcome, even in the midst of their anxiety, that helped them to know that they really were welcome with all of who they were. We need more of this kind of welcome in the world and we do it by starting right where we are, with what we have, among whoever it is that we find ourselves surrounded by. And so we start here, at UBC. In the weeks to come, you will have an opportunity to embody, extend, and create space for God's grace at UBC through the practice of hospitality. It can't happen without you. Each of our staff, pastors, worship leaders, children's ministers, administrators, we're doing all that we can to lay the foundations and set the stage for God's hospitality to roam free. But it won't take off. It can't go without you. And so join us. Fill out a connect card using the QR code that's on your welcome slip, or you could head to bit.ly.com forward slash UVC connect. Or you can just talk to your site pastor, Pastor Chan or Pastor D'Angelo. You can, wherever you are, on the journey of faith or understanding, you can be God's welcoming presence for someone else. You don't need a degree or a certification, no membership card or registration form. You just need to show up, lend a hand, create a space, 
and marvel at the way God brings people back to love. Because love is where it all begins. Love for each other, love for the stranger, and love for the sake of a world designed to flourish and reflect God's vision of wholeness of life for all. Join us on that journey and find that as you welcome others home, you yourself have found a home too. Let's pray. God, we thank you that you invite us into your work of hospitality, of welcoming others. And we thank you too that you first welcomed us. Help us as we seek to be your welcome for one another and in the world. Help us to do that in this community at Urban Village at whatever site that we find ourselves to be a part of so that others can experience the grace of your welcome in their lives and find themselves renewed, restored, and reminded that they were made on purpose and for a purpose in this world for your work of bringing wholeness of life to all. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.